With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The best heavy metal and hard rock anywhere. Live from Blog Talk Radio's multi-million dollar broadcasting facilities, the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. With your host, Mike the Big G. Welcome back to Heavy Metal Mayhem. I hope everyone had a great week because we're going to have a good show today. Calling first Steve Buckshot Seabury of Moore Theater. A little later on in the show, we got Christy Majors of Pretty Boy Floyd. But right now, we're going to start things off with a little Celtic Frost into Crypt of Rays. <laughs>
going back to Celtic Frost's first album, Morbid Tales, with Into the Crypt of Rays. Tommy, I tell you, if there was a payroll around here, I'd have to fire you. <laughs> hey, five minutes grace, no? <laughs> Thank God you're not here to start the show. Well, <laughs> you're right, you're right, brother. I'm What's sorry. going on? How you been, man? Pretty good. What about you? I'm hanging in there, you know, nah, getting I missed over you last week. I'm glad you're feeling better this week. Thank you, thank you. That's very good. So am I, so am I. Yep, busy night tonight. Yeah, you know, we've had two guests on every week since, like, going back to May. But at least one of them was always pre-recorded, so it wasn't so bad. But tonight and next week, we got both guests calling in live, so a lot of talking to do. Okay. So we'll have to do the best we can over here and try to squeeze in as much music as possible on top of that. That's right. Uh, So what's been going on? How you been? How you feeling? You know, same old baloney, same old shit going on, you know. I <laughs> see that um, play a little Celtic Cross there. Yeah, I think we kick off the. You know, I wanted to uh, put the Hellhammer demo in tonight's demolition segment, but it's just oh. such a bad sound. And it was bad sound even back then. Back you know, then, even the yeah. album that came out was horrible. But <laughs> I think we'll do Celtic Frost and we'll do like the earlier stuff. So it's kind of close, but maybe we'll get it up one week. Uh, we'll just dig out one of the short songs that sound halfway decent. I mean, it's all good stuff. It's just that the quality back then was horrible. And they yeah, they didn't worry out. about the, that too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't come into play with a lot of bands. Right. But I think, you know, we have to have to get some Celtic Frost on here. And later on, we got a couple of New Yorkers calling in tonight, some old, some new. we got Steve Seabury of the band More Theater. I, I remember Steve from a band called Dirty Rig, uh, where Corey Clark was singing with them uh, in his last project or his uh-huh. last band. So he'll be calling in. And then uh, we have Christy Majors, guitar player for Pretty Boy Floyd, and he's got a solo record coming out. And I think the band's just getting ready to release uh, a Kiss tribute album they put out, so I'd be interested to find out about that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was surprised because they haven't put out a new record of uh, material in quite a while, and they can't, uh, they're doing a whole Kiss tribute album, so we've got to talk to him about that, see what's going mm, on. And yeah. Christy is actually uh, an old-school New Yorker, born here in the city, so uh, a couple of New Yorkers calling it tonight, old and new. This should be a good show. Sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are quiet this week. You know, uh, Friday night, uh, um, there was a show in, in in the city at the Delancey. I was talking right. to you about it in the afternoon. Yeah, how'd that I go? I stopped by. How'd that go? It was pretty good. Uh, a small place. Uh, it was like the one you went to, I guess, that electric Bowery or the Bowery Ball. Uh, I like the Bowery Electric. Yeah, it was like in a basement, a long, narrow basement uh, a club. Uh, but it wasn't bad because, you know, I've been a fan of Tyrant since the 80s, and I was lucky enough to have Greg Mann on the show a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I got down there to go meet the band, and uh, October 31st was one. I missed the first two bands because they came on early. Uh, October 31st, another great New York band. I've been around a long time. They're actually playing today at the Defenders of Old Fest with Tyrant in Baltimore. Uh, they went on first, uh, and they sounded great. King Fowler just, he guy still sounds great. What if, uh, like, he's like an entertainer. Like, he's like one of his all-around characters, you know? Right. He's like a master of ceremonies, a comedian, a heavy metal singer, and he put, you know, he's just fun to watch when he's up on stage. Yes. So they were really good. So when I got there, uh, I saw the guys outside, so I hung out. They're like, oh, you know, we traffic here in New York. You know, they're all like that laid-back California traffic yeah, yeah. in New York. Is, you know, we, we didn't get into 4 o'clock. We wanted to see some sights, you know, but we got to go on. It's like 10 o'clock at night. We got to go on a little bit. Uh-huh. All we wanted to do was see, you know, uh, you know, Ground Zero. And I said, come on, get in the car. We'll go down there. Now, these guys are like six foot four, like football players. I got all four of them in the TPT Cruiser. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm ripping through the streets in Lower and they get down to Lower Manhattan and back before the show. Wow. So we got down there real quick, and they got like, it's like they got a, a, a taxi ride and a tour Grand Zero all in one. So we hey, went down, hey. they came back, and they put on a killer show. Sounded hey. great, looked good. 
That's great, Mike. Especially for being tired. You know, they said that they had to take two flights to get in. There were connections. Oh, that was, was nice here, man. It was a long day, so we had a good time over there. Really nice. So, uh... They wanted, they wanted to give me a shirt. They had these shirts made for East Coast tours. He goes, oh, you're a big boy, Mike. We have to get you a bigger size. We'll mail it out to you when we get home. <laughs> I was like, All right. Well, hey. <laughs> we had fun. We had a good time. That's great, man. Yeah, really good. Really good. So, and, and next week, uh, talking to shows, we got the, what do you call it next week? The Iron and Steel Festival 2 coming Steel. up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be at the Silo in Reading, PA. Right. Uh, Cry of Zeon is on the bill. Necromance, Kill Plot, Forgotten Legacy, Fade Factor, Cage. Death Eliza. Uh, I know Beyond Fallen had to drop out. Something happened. Uh, I think if they can find the replacement, they'll get it on. If not, there's still a lot of bands. So uh, sure. it's looking really good. It's going to be a great show. You can buy tickets at the door. It's all ages. 21 to drink. You don't get too many old shows anymore. That's clubs. True. So head out there and enjoy it. You can't beat it. Uh, Ski works really hard to put these things on. And we're a sponsor of this show. So, you know, we want to pack that place in there. Shut up. We're doing something to help out. Definitely. Do it for the metal. Without a doubt. All right, so how about we get some more music on? Okay. Uh, Brian Ross, the singer of this band, is his birthday last week. Brian also, uh, right now, and since the beginning, he's been the singer for Blitzkrieg, uh-huh. a band that became famous for Metallica covering the song Blitzkrieg. Right. Uh, they were a solid band, but his band before that was a band called Satan. I was crazy about oh, these guys. Sure, and, uh, I'm going to try to get Brian on in January. I'm kind of done with guests for the year, and I'll, I'll give you a rundown of what we got lined up. But uh, how about the little Satan, Trial by Fire. Now, well, I'm going to start that over because I can already hear that's a little too loud. I apologize. I wish we could control the songs better before we played them, but we can't right now. So let's do that one more time.
No, a little stain. I actually got the live version up there. I guess I didn't realize I put the live one in. That's why it sounded like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, sometimes you play songs too loud with the volume here. Uh, it gets really tinny and uh, you can't enjoy it. So uh, I just caught it when I heard his voice crack. I was like, ah, that's the live one. I must have uh, not realized when I uploaded it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish there was an easier way of uh, just doing the music here instead of having to upload everything ahead of time because you can't change uh, anything in the volume. But I know, I know. It's my pen, and I'm usually pretty conscious about trying to get everything done before time, but this is a busy week. My wife dragged me all the way to freaking Pennsylvania yesterday for some Renaissance Festival. I heard, yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's Harmon Alice can I, and they wanted to go, and three hours in the car there, five hours of walking around with some of the craziest and wackiest people you've ever met in your life. It was, like walking, it was like walking through the set of... Uh, one of the rings, everybody in costume. You didn't know who worked there. Who was just hanging out for the day? Oh, really? Is that bad? Oh my God! The people just walking around in costumes, like like you, you thought they worked there. They were just hanging out and they're talking like you know with English accents and my lady this and <laughs> madam that and singing songs. I was like, holy cow, this is like a bad dream. <laughs> Too funny. Oh my God! It was like in Lancaster, PA. It was like right. in Harrisburg. Yeah. As a lot of driving, it was more time. It was twice as much time in the car just not walking around. Sure, between the going and the coming. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> Nothing you can do. But I had a good time. I got to spend a day with my wife. My daughter came, and uh, we got to see Alice and Rob over there. So, wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. Did you I'm meet Ron? Out. Did you meet Ron? I didn't meet Ron. No. Oh okay. <laughs> I didn't meet <laughs> Ron. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't meet him. Somebody, but, uh, somebody and, mistook you for Ron. Oh, uh, this. Never again. But I, I uh, told us, says we got to go to Atlantic City. So we'll set up a trip to Atlantic City. It's a little closer for us. You know, we'll all go down there. Maybe cool. do like a Friday or Saturday night or something. We'll all go down, hang out for the night. That'd be that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can come back if it's not too far. But, you know, we get a room. We get a whole bunch of rooms lined up together on the same floor. We'll get connecting rooms. You know, we'll have like a menage a trois or something. <laughs> 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 we'll do some swinging. Yeah. Uh, we'll have, maybe we'll do that in the winter. Good, man. Go kill a night. All right. Well, we got a great show, like I said, tonight. Steve Seabury. Steve also wrote a book called Mosh Potatoes, a heavy metal cookbook that's coming out. And, uh, he invited us to the, uh, to the book party this uh, Thursday. i got to talk to you about that later, see if you want right, to go. Right, right. It's, I just got the thing now. It's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in Manhattan. That's, I don't know. Uh, it's not a problem for me. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll send you all the info after the show. Yeah. It's too much to get you in the, in the room, but uh, I'll send you everything then. Definitely, man. He'll be calling in about 10 minutes. So uh, how about we do our uh, demolition segment? We get that out of the way. Okay. At least I think we are, right? Yeah, let's do the demolition segment. All right. All right, here you go. This is a band called uh, Hell Preacher out of uh, Pat's Neck of the Woods, San Antonio, Texas. The band was around in the, the early to mid-'80s. They only put out this one demo called Resurrection in 1986. Uh-huh. Quality, eh, you know, so-so. Back in the day, good, but today... Not the best. And I, I tried to dig up the song that had the best quality of them all. It's a song called Inverted Cross. So uh, sit back and enjoy and head over to the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot and download yourself a copy of the demo. It's up right now. Right. There you go. You know what they say about Texas, man? Everything's bigger and better out there, you know? That's what they say. Yeah, except for Pat, but, you know. Well, he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Unless we say bigger and bolder, but. <laughs> I say he was born in Queens, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. But he's still Brooklyn. Once you move to Brooklyn, you're Brooklyn for life. That's true. All right, here you go, a little help reaching, Inverted Cross.
There you go. That was Hell Preacher with the verdict cross of the demo. Not too bad for something that old. Not too bad. It has a little bit of a phasing to it, you know? Maybe it was from the cassette. Oh, yeah, they're all from cassettes, yeah. Yeah. Some of them come out better than others. I tell you, some of them sound like albums, and other ones... Yeah. It's also the cassettes, too. A lot of them get old, you know? I mean, some yeah, of them get from other people old that I know, but... You do the best you can with them. You know and you don't know how many, how many generations you're getting, you know? Oh, exactly. The ones I have have probably been traded a hundred times, so I got them. That's, and they're from the 80s, so they're 25 years old on top of that. Yeah, this is true. All right, well, like I said, Steve Seabury is going to be calling in a few minutes. Uh, i got time for one more song before he does. Let me see what I, who do I got next week. I just booked something next week. Uh, well, we have uh, uh, Pete Wells and Manny Cordova from Apathy, Apathy calling in. Those guys were opening up for Forbidden and uh, Overkill in November. We'll be at that show. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And the guys are going to be giving out some T-shirts and albums for next week, so call in. And as a matter of fact, if anybody out there who's listening uh, and people that listen to the podcast later on, if you want tickets for Firewind, there's two up for grabs uh, with Desdemone at the Gramercy on November 6th. So uh, email me or call in next week. We'll be giving those away. And I still have two more tickets for the Iron and Steel Festival at, in, uh, at the Silo in Reading, PA. So... Uh, Call in any time you want and get a copy of them for next week and uh, head out. It's going to be a great show. And uh, speaking of that, uh, how about we play some Cage? Cage is headlining the show next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, not bad, right? Sure. Yeah, I wish I knew where I had that song lined up, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know where the heck it even is. So You'll maybe we won't it. play Cage. You'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of them, but the one I wanted to play I thought would have fit in better. But, uh, you know, I guess not. I had to help with it then. What do you think about that? It'll come up. Yeah, no, I, yeah, the one I wanted to play is not there, but how about we do a little Getty's Axe? There's a song called Aftermath.
We also have David DeFeast from Virgin Steel calling in live. I knew oh. I couldn't remember who it was. Okay, yeah, the singer. Yeah, I just booked that uh, a couple of days ago. I forgot all about it. It's actually a pretty good show. They got a brand new album coming out. I can't ever pronounce the name of it. It's, so, it's like an Italian name. <laughs> you think I would know it being Italian, right? It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get him to talk about that. And Steve should be calling any minute, so we'll hold off on some songs. Uh, what I wanted to mention was there's a great magazine that I'm going to be working with. Uh, it's called Snake Pit. Magazine's been around for a long time, since uh, 1999. Uh-huh. Uh, and Laurent, over in France, a good friend of the show now, uh, he puts one out a year for the, for right now, because, I mean, the magazine's like 100-something pages long, and there's dozens and dozens of interviews in this magazine. Wow. And all 80, I, like, I thought I dug up some of the classic 80s bands that people don't. Laurent does the same thing with his magazine. I mean, he's got TNT, not not the band from Norway, the other band that nobody's ever heard of before. Wow. Artillery, Savage Grace, Cycle... Temple, Frigid Bitch from here in New York. He dug those guys up. You right. know, Fate's Warning. Uh, it's mostly focused on 80s bands, where they are now, what they're doing, even if they're not in the scene anymore. And it's got, you know, record reviews and demo reviews of newer bands, but it's all classic 80s through and through. Big magazine, done the old-fashioned way, you know, on print and paper. It looks like it came out of the 80s. And uh, oh. he's been working with Steel Kingdom Records now, and they're going to re-release the other 17 issues of the magazine. And wow. I thought it was Snake Pit issue 18, which came out now. You get an old vinyl 45 single included with the album. I mean, cool. with the with the magazine. Right. Yeah, this month it's uh, Savage Grace. We ha- uh, we had Kenny Powell for a moment. He used to be the original guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his old band, and it's uh, it's called The Lost Grace. These are songs that the band recorded after the first EP that never got released on record. They gave it to them to put out on a vinyl, and they did it. And even the vinyl looks like it came out of the 80s. The cover, everything. You you can't beat this. It's $9, I think, for the magazine. Right. Uh, it's probably more for the shipping because it comes from uh, over Europe. Right. Uh, but I can't tell you, there's hundreds of interviews in here, very few advertisements to take up space, and you get the you get the, you get get the the 45 with the new issue, and now that uh, Steel Kingdom is involved with it, they're going to be re- re- reprinting all the older ones and putting the 45 in each issue. Ah, so, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think issue one has just been re-released now. I think it's nine bucks if you go to Steel Kingdom Records. It's the easiest spot to get it. And I think it has the band Destructor in there. So uh, mm. you can't beat this. What a great magazine. And uh, I'm going to talk to Lamont about doing something together where maybe we'll feature some of the bands on here. I actually got to ask him how to get in contact with somebody. Even I couldn't find them. I thought I was pretty good at finding some of these guys. Yeah, you I, are. Yeah, I got <laughs> to get some contact information from him. But uh, if you want to get the magazine right here on Blog Talk Radio on the homepage, uh, there's a link to Snake Pick Magazine, and uh, it's on all my sites. So uh, go there, check it out, get it. I know the ship is expensive because, like I said, it comes from Europe, but he has packages where you can buy a bulk of it, buy them in bulk, mm. and the shipping actually works out to be a little cheaper than normal. And you'll get like, probably all the issues, you know, with the amount that you can get. Oh, that's so, true, yeah. Check it out, Snake Pit Magazine, only one a year. Great, great stuff. You can't beat it. Excellent. Right, let me see. Well, let me see what else we can talk about until he comes in. Oh, uh... Mark Edwards, uh, the guitar player for Overlord, he's doing a fundraiser next week, the 23rd, out in Long Island at the Dublin Pub. Uh, it's for children with cancer. He's trying to raise money. He's going to be doing his solo stuff. Okay. Uh, Mark's like it does like guitar instrumentals, like you know Joe Satriani. Uh-huh. Great, great guitar player. He's going to be playing there. Uh, off the Rails and Ozzy Tribute Band. There's going to be comedians, raffles, giveaways, uh, a Halloween costume party. So go there, help out. You know, donate a few dollars. It's all going to kids that are sick and can really use the help. You know, especially the parents paying the bills. Sure. 
Yeah, so go help out at the Dublin Pub in New Hyde Park. Uh, you just get Mark on Facebook or go to the Overlord website or anywhere. There'll be more information. Or just email me and I'll get it to you. So that's next Saturday night. You can't beat that. It's called Metal for a Cause. In Union, we stand. God bless him, man. Yeah, right? Anybody does anything that raise money, you can't... Uh, you can never knock them, so that's pretty good. That's a good thing yeah, to mark. We'll do our best to uh, promote, and uh, if we're that's not it. doing anything, we'll head out. That's it. I just <laughs> saw it early. Otherwise, I would have talked about it you know, ahead of time, but it's still right. next week. you got a whole week to go, and a lot of people are going to be listening to the show over the course of the week, so that's always a good thing, right? Excellent. I agree with you. Let me say, I see that the, the, the Lemmy documentary is finally going to be coming out in uh in January. The of the year, yeah, January. Yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I guess it didn't get a theater release, huh? I don't know. Maybe um, everything's been going right to you know, been going right to Directly DVD. Directly to DVD, yeah. Yeah, look yeah. Saxon and um, the Rush, even the Rush. The Rush sure. went right to DVD. You know, it was yeah. in theaters also, but it was like I guess they did like um, you know, like they saw what what a success the Anvil was, you know. True. Uh, True. So, but, True. Uh, yeah, I had heard uh, about that and. Um, I had donated um, money to the to the cause, yeah. And I got a T-shirt. Let me who. I I saw that shirt. Let me who T-shirt. Yeah. And yeah. I, I saw when you had it on. Let me fucking kill Minster. Yeah, kill, that's kill, that was a great kill shirt. Minster. And, and talking about raising money, you know, uh, Frankie. I, the first time I heard of that was with Frankie Benalli for Quiet Right. Right. Uh, he was raising money for the Quiet Right documentary, and we were talking about it when he was on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, and he had a quota, and it starts with Kickstarter, I guess, like they organize it. Right, Kickstarter. And you got to hit a quota of, like, whatever the, whatever you set to raise the money. And uh, once you hit that, then they bill your credit card for it. So I contributed, like, 50 bucks because I'm a big fan of Quiet Riot. It was the first band ever so live when I was a kid with those guys, and I wanted to help out. But now I notice that you go on, like, Facebook or MySpace or other places, every band is using that, and that'll raise money for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I just think maybe it's a little too much sometimes, because yeah, I saw some bands like that that are raising money to yeah. buy a van, so they go out and tour. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I, you know, you know, I don't, I think that's, you know, that's your responsibility as a band, to, you know, to get yourself in place to place, I think. And that's my, no. just my personal opinion. I remember so, back when Tempest was around, you had to go out and buy the van in Pennsylvania. Nobody was giving you money for it. This is true. What are you going to do? You know, but at least there's somebody else that they give you stuff. We tried to do gigs together. You know, one day I tried to do a gig the same weekend as you guys, so, but we could both use the van, you know. Of course, of course. You know, get the most use out of the van if we're going to use it for the weekend, you know. I know, what I are you know. Gonna do? What could you I do? Know. I mean, I guess they, they see an opportunity. I guess, you know, the kids nowadays, you know, kids nowadays, they don't have money either, you know. No, I, I know it's rough. I know they're all trying to come up with ways of uh, of making some cash, but I think to some like you know, with the bigger bands, like you said, it's like they're giving you a T-shirt and they're giving you this and they're giving you that, so you feel like right. you're buying it. You know, like right, you know, it's right. like purchasing like, an item exactly. and you're getting something in return. But some of these other ones, I mean, you got to go on this t- and look at some of the stuff that's on. I mean, some of it's a little outrageous. It could be yeah. like a joke thing. Hey, let's see what we get. Because you know what, I need a new microphone, I need a new computer, and a new headset. What do you need? We'll go start something up on there this week. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I could could use, like, uh, you know, cotton strings and shit. Of course. (laughs) We'll put something on there. (laughs) All right. I don't know where Steve is. He was supposed to call in at about 6.30. Maybe I told him 6.45. I don't know. But uh, Christy Majors from Pretty Boy Floyd will be calling in at about 7.15 or so. So if Steve doesn't remember, we'll just keep going with the music. And uh, I'll probably get something on now. Let me see what I got here for you. Uh, You want to do a... I don't know. You want to do? I, I got the song by Cage. You want to play that, or you want to do? Oh, uh, yeah, do a, do the, the song Sunday Night Cage. Spotlight. The Cage. Okay, Cage yeah. is headlining the Iron and Steel Festival 
Next Sunday, like we said before, October 23rd at the Silo in Reading, PA. Uh, we are sponsors of that show, so I want to say that place packed next week. Uh, you got a lot of great bands on the bill. There's like six or seven bands, even though one dropped out. And they're still looking for a replacement for the other. But if not, there's plenty on there. And uh, Cage is flying in from California, so it should be a pretty good show. Uh, been around a long time, the band. They're finally getting a lot of recognition. How about we do something called uh, Operation Overload? Okay. This is the day for which free people long have waited. This is D-Day. D-Day. Well 
Operation Overlord, definitely influenced by Judas Priest, right, Tay? Oh, definitely the uh, painkiller uh, style of uh, power metal. Excellent. Yeah, he's got, Excellent. Yeah. got a great voice, and if you're in the Tri-State area next week, head over to the silo of Reading, PA. And you can see Cage. Head. Actually, Death of Wise is actually going on last. Uh, Faith Factor and Cage are co-headlines. Then they got Death of Wise going on after them. and That's something I've noticed today with a lot of bands. They... Uh, Hmm. The headlining bands don't want to go on last because people are always leaving before the end of the show. Did you blame them, man? You know, not not today. I mean, you know, when we were kids, we waited for that band. We don't care what time no, they came on. No, nobody we does waited. that anymore. Today they want to run out, and you know what? It's, I understand in a sense because it's people like us that are going to the show. We're a little old these days. We're not yeah. senior citizens, but yeah. when you work a forty, fifty, Close sixty hour work week on a Friday night and a Saturday night, you don't want to be there at two, three o'clock in the morning. Sure. I'm up at five every morning. So of course, on you know, Friday nights, I'm like dead. I know. We want to go. We want to support the bands. And you know, I know the clubs want to keep people there late because they want you to drink and and buy food. And I understand that. But you know, they got to try to make things a little early, especially when it's bands geared towards like you know our generation. Yeah. I know we have no control over it, but uh, it would help out because you know if a band came on at eleven o'clock at night, the headlining band, I have no problem staying there till twelve, twelve thirty when it's over. Then go get something to eat like we always do and. And go home, but I don't have the energy. I mean, I tell you, Friday night I was working all less. I shouldn't say that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I stopped by and well, you just, went right in there, right? I was right on my out. lunch break. There you go. <laughs> I was on my lunch break, but uh, yeah, you get tired. You, you know, you just get tired. So we'll see what happens. And I think we lost Steve tonight. I don't think he remembered. I, he sent me an email this morning saying he, he knows, but maybe I gave him the wrong time. I hope it wasn't the same time as <laughs> Christy from uh, Big Boy Floyd. They're from the New York area, you know. Yeah, if I'm, uh, I think, Long Island or Queens. Uh, in that, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Maybe it's home 645. I, I can't remember anymore. Getting old, Pete. These things are just slipping by me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the club, brother. <laughs> I know. I know. I heard that uh, Udo is supposed to have a new record coming out called Rev Raptor. Yeah, they had to uh, delay it. Um, Steve, uh, Steve, his guitar player, uh, uh Schwartz, I think problem. it is, right? Schwartz, yeah, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Stefan Schwartzman. Yeah, Stephon? yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a, uh, he's got a back problem. Yeah, and you know, do it. And you know what? From what I heard in the underground, he wanted uh, Steve to be in the accept, um, you know, in the accept lineup. That was ah, like okay. one of Yeah, that was like one of the stickler, uh, Pete, you know. And yeah. they were like, well, you know, we got this guy, um, Who's the drummer? Who's the drummer in this? Except he was. And the uh, new, and the, the new, I can't remember his name. He's been with them for a while now. Yeah, he's been with them for a while, and they said that 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 um, you know he was already on board, you know, yeah. and to you and and same thing with Herman Frank, you know, so they didn't, and which was guitar, you know, so they couldn't use him in either. Exactly. You know, yeah. so he says, well, you know, he could do the the, the, the tour, you know, we do Europe, maybe he can, you know, come in for a few tunes on drums. 
you know, but as far as guitar, you know, we're pretty loaded up on guitar, you know what I mean? Actually, you know, the drummer for Accept is uh, Stefan Schwartzman. Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. It's Calvin. Stefan Kaufman was the original drummer who was playing guitar, the same first names right, and exactly. similar sounding last names. But, yeah, uh, Kaufman. Kaufman, Kaufman played, uh, was, the ori- was the original drummer for Accept who plays guitar in Udo now. Right. And Stefan uh, Schwartzman is Schwartzman the, uh, is, is the actual drummer. He and was he's actually uh, in the 90s. Yeah, was he on? Um, yeah, he was on um, Restless and Wild. Who's that? Uh, Sh- Schwartzman. The guy. No, the Schwartzman guy... joined the band in the nineties. Oh, okay. Kaufman so was on uh, Restless and Wild. Kaufman was the Restless and Wild. You know, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I, it's alright. Kaufman was with the band almost since the beginning, nineteen eighty. Yeah, to yeah. He was on the. Um, All the classic except records of the eighties. I'm a Rebel 90s. album. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he uh, started playing guitar later on because he had a bad back. Yeah. I mean, he always played guitar, but he had a bad back, so he couldn't play the drums anymore. So, but yeah. uh, And he's been Dio's, you know, side, you know, songwriter and um, and guitarist. And and anytime I've seen the Dio uh, solo band, um, he's always done a great job, you know. Um, Not Dio Udo. What did I say, Dio? So yeah. See, I got this cold. My head is fucking... I know. It's the medicine. It's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm medicated. <laughs> well, speaking of Dio, we're going into the city next week to interview uh, Dio's cousin, Rock Feinstein. Oh, okay. Uh, we're doing there that in-person go. interview with him, so that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we had Rock on the show anyway a while back. I don't know if he remembers sure. when we get Rock there, but... Call. We'll remind them, and i, I got to send you the copy of the, of the new record. Some really, really good stuff on that. Yeah, I like that track. You're going to like it. I just uploaded it, so I'll send you the link after the show. I forgot to do it earlier today. That's okay, man. I'll get that out to you tonight, so at least you can uh, hear some of the newer stuff. And we'll talk about him, because he's going to have the first record released on uh, when he deals new label, Niji Entertainment, uh, outside of Dio stuff. I mean, the first non-Dio uh, album. Also, Wendy is uh, involved. Yeah, she has, she turned into a record company now. So uh, they've been releasing a lot of Dio stuff, but Rock is going to be the first. Uh, non Dio release. I think she has only Logan, uh, who sings with uh, George Lynch and Lynch Mob. Uh-huh. And uh, Rowan Roberts has got some new project coming out, one of oh. those old guitar plays. I think he's going to have something for her, too. And I'm sure it's going to get bigger, like she's going to expand it, you know? I know they won the metal show last night, all of them. I couldn't watch it. I just can't tolerate Eddie Trunk anymore. Yeah, I have it on DVR. I haven't got a chance to yeah, watch it. Yeah, I just can't watch him anymore. I mean, I'm glad he does what he does, but I just, I'm a little burnt out on his, uh, <laughs> me, myself, and I stick. Yeah, I hear you. Speaking of me, myself, and I, I got to talk about me a little bit right here. No, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> you should. You should, man. Nah, nah, nah. But I that. tell you, that, this has been a great year uh, for, like, you know, new albums by, by old bands from the oh, 80s. Oh, tell uh, me about it. Look, oh, my God. an album just come out. Oh, I've been, ta- I've, been writing, I've been writing them down every time they come out. So at the end of the year, we could do, like, a show like we did last year where we went over all the new records Wrap and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't forget about them. And, like, I just got the new Forbidden. I know you're talking about the tank. I finally heard two, two or three tracks. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It surprised me. It's much different sound, like you said, than yeah, the older yeah, stuff. different sound, but... But it was good. really good. And the new Forbidden is is tremendous. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. And the Death Angel. The Death Angel is really yet. solid, too. And uh, there was one other record that came out. It was coming out this week, maybe. It didn't come out yet. I, I just can't remember the name of Annihilator it. Annihilator put something out recently, which is pretty mm-hmm. decent. I haven't really got a chance to really get these albums to sink in because, you know, they send you the yeah. list and they tell you, you know, give it give it a listen. But, I mean, how much, you know, I mean, I, I got it all on the computer. I got to get it all on the iPod and yeah. plug it in, you know. Sometimes I fall asleep halfway through the album, not because... It's boring. It's just that I've been sick, you know. 
I hear you. I know. Well, there's a lot of good music that carries through the winter. Uh, Alex is on the line. Hey, Alex, what's going on? Hey. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Hey, good, Tom. Alex. What's happening over there? Oh, uh, not too much. I was just gonna say when you when you mentioned uh, Eddie Trunk again, I was I I call him uh, I renamed him Eddie the Joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know I, I don't, I'm not gonna talk bad about nobody. I just that if all these years of listening to him, I just you know don't yeah. want to hear about him. I want to hear more about the bands and the music, not about him. Yeah, know? he's not yeah, the yeah. center. I of mean, it. I mean, I I saw I saw a preview clip of it, and he was already doing it. Oh, you know. Uh, I know. I remember. I remember. Uh, I was having a, I was having dinner with Ronnie one time. Uh, you know, and then uh, he happened to mention to me, you know, Eddie, I think uh, this would be a good idea for a song. Oh, really? Good. Make sure you make sure you mention that I, you were having dinner with me when you thought of it. Yeah, I, it's always something, but. No, I mean, at least he brings a lot of attention to heavy metal, which is more than anybody else can do these days. I'm well, oh, yeah, for that, I, mean, but... I mean, I mean, you get, you got to respect him for what he does. But, uh, exactly. He's... It's just, I get tired of hearing about, you know, to me, myself, and I, and that's a big complaint that a lot of people are having today, that he turns every conversation around about himself. And, you know, yeah. I know when you're talking on the radio, it's hard. You just think of things to think, you know, to talk about. Sometimes it goes back to you, and you can't help it, you know, because you're trying to tell stories. But uh, he actually has co-hosts with him and other people there, like, you know, that can bounce off of well, that Jim Florentine is a is a is a very funny comedian and yeah. he is a true metalhead and he's not an I I I type of guy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but um, you know when you, you find know, yourself doing just, that, you know, throw it to somebody else so that way you can divert, you know, the topic a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell am I right. telling him what to do? He's on he's on radio, TV, and twenty five <laughs> years. What am I telling him what to do? And he's yeah. writing a book now, I hear. Exactly. Oh God. I hope I, I, all he's got to do is have a spare key for M E and I, and he'll be fine. There you go, right? You, you know what, Mike? Mike, you know what? I know, what? I know, I I know you're getting burnt out on all these interviews and everything. So what yeah. you need to do is when the book comes out, book an interview with Eddie, and you don't even have to conduct an interview. Ask him one question; he'll talk the rest of the show. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna do that. It's not a bad idea. Because he's gonna have to promote the book, and he can't just do it on his show. He's gonna have to get all over the place. So maybe we'll do that. We'll mention to him. We'll mention him like men, you know, instead of putting him down over it. We'll, we'll see oh, what the hell he's doing. You know, see what he has to say. And he's a straight up right. guy, so he, you know, he takes it and he gives it out the same way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, and right. I was also going to say you're interviewing Rock next week in the city, huh? Yeah, I think next week or the week after, the 25th. Uh, well, 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 I make sure Wendy isn't there because Claire's probably going to show up with an axe or something. She might be downstairs protesting. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> she may be down there with a sign protesting. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't know she, what's gonna she, go on. She, yeah, yeah. She already told me to warn you. Please tell him not to bring her up. <laughs> wow, yeah, she might gonna, be. She might be we're gonna make that request. Know. You know, like, <laughs> you, you might, you might be, you, you might, you might see her there waiting to make sure she can keep an eye on you while you're doing the interview. Well, hey, uh, but, you know, she's she's touched the the master. <laughs> you know, I don't care what anybody has to say about it. I'll put up with whatever she has to say. That's right. She's touched the master, and she's keeping his legacy, you know, going. Uh, whatever yeah. it is, whatever she she's is definitely, done. The, she she is definitely a devoted, devoted, definitely. Well, dig this, dig this. You know what I mean? You know, we're Christians, and we're supposed to forgive. So you have to think of it that way. And even if you're not a Christian, you you're just a more morally a good person. You should forgive somebody if you know if they've make made amends. And if uh, if if Ronnie, if, you know, she was at Ronnie's side, and if Ronnie, you know, if Ronnie didn't want her by his side, I don't think she would be by his side. So if right. uh, you know what I'm saying, so right. and if she's going to keep this record company thing going, exactly. And, I mean, come on, man. She didn't do nothing to us. 
We can't yeah, help yeah, it, you know. Yeah. If Claire's got a heart on. <laughs> we'll see, hey, look, we're fans of the music. We're, we don't care about their personal lives. It's got nothing to do with exactly. us. You know, no, we're, we're no, exactly. between them. Well, you don't think Ronnie uh, dipped his uh, dingling in some uh, in some honey over, uh, you know, while he was touring? Come on. <laughs> You're a rock star. You know, that's part of the scene. Exactly. You know, it's almost it's almost like a rock star arrangement. You know, they get. Uh, I, I mean, I I was I heard something that frickin' back in the uh, when Elvis Presley was younger, or whatever. Oh, he yeah, he actually Elvis. made like a, an arrangement with his wife. Like, uh, I'm your husband when I'm at home, but when I'm out on the road, we're not married. <laughs> I have the same like arrangement that. with my wife, but it's just the Here opposite. We Here we go. Here we go. Let me tell you something. Elvis was so cool. He used to. He used to have monkeys fight with naked girls in his in his hotel room. Oh, really? Sure. You that's be, why he was the king. On. That's the that's, king. You gotta be the king, man. You get yeah. a couple of monkeys and a couple of blondes in negligees, and you just sit back and sip sip a bottle of wine. Come on, it's the greatest thing. You can't beat that. It's good to have money. <laughs> then he goes outside in his pink Cadillac and he takes off. Exactly. Uh, God, it's good to be the king. Uh, why he was the king. It's good to be the king. Oh God, too much. All right, how about we get a song on here? Oh, sure. Uh, this is is Sounds good. Show? I'm going to head back to the chat room. I'll talk All to right, you guys All right, Alex. Thank you very much. All right, bro. You went All to right, see Alex go, Cooper uh, last night um, and uh, Rob Zombie, and the uh, he got lucky. Uh, Alex went on before uh, uh, Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we that were just was talking the, about that. I guess yeah. even like in the bigger arenas, they, they don't want to do it anymore. I guess they did the – yeah, right. So maybe they did the – you know, they figured, well, you know, maybe they do uh, – you know, they swap, you know. Yeah, because uh, Alice played the night before at Mohegan, and he was the headliner. So maybe they, you know, oh, okay, back they, yeah, maybe they're doing a co-headlining cool tour and splitting yeah, up. A lot of yeah, fans have done that. Yeah. That could be. That's you know, it's not a bad deal either. I guess in the cities where they have more of a fan base, you know, they can headline and it brings more people in too. So hey, you know, they're trying everything these days to keep it going. You know, another legend, Alice Cooper, man. Come on, without a doubt, we saw him uh, a couple of years ago yeah. at Long Island. First time I ever saw him. You believe that all the years he's been around? I like I was telling Alex, same thing with me. Every yeah. time, every time he came around, when I was really into him, when I was younger, I was too young to go to the shows. Yeah. And those shows were like, forget it, in the seventies and early eighties. Yeah. Uh, then he went kind of like, uh, like burlesque show, so I was like too embarrassed to go. Uh, then he went kind of like poser, and I was kind of like, I ain't going to no poser show, you know? <laughs> the so, phases of Cooper. Yeah, and he never really played, he never played, I'm not, I don't think so, I don't think he's ever played Lemoise. No, if he you know, did, I probably would have saw him. I don't think so. If he no. did, there might have been a time we didn't hear about Maybe it, but it was he was too big back then, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so that that's that's what happened with that. But he's got a really good band now, and he's doing, like, old, you know, a mixture of old and new, the newest yeah. stuff. We had the uh, producer on a couple of weeks ago. He had a lot to do with that. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah. album that uh, Alice did. Good stuff, good stuff. So what do you got up? Uh, what do we got up? Well, uh, how about we do our Sunday Night Spotlight so we get oh, that okay. out of the way. Uh, I hooked up with a couple of people who uh, manage or promote a few bands, so... For the next few weeks, uh, you know, we'll have some more Sunday Night Spotlights. We'll do it every other week, like we've been doing, okay, if I can find bands. Good. But this is a band called Buzzkill. They're out of Pennsylvania. Buzzkill. Guys came out about a year ago, four-piece band, yeah. heavily influenced by 80s thrash metal. Oh, great. Uh, got a pretty good mix. And if you go over to the website, you can actually download the album for free. You're giving it out as a free download hmm. on the website. So how do you, how, you, know, you can't beat that either, right? You can't beat that with a stick. No, not at all. That's what I say. I like that word. You can't beat that with a stick. That's what my wife tells me all the time. <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> we have a song called The Rage. This is Buzzkill out of PA. They're our Sunday Night Spotlight featured artist. Do it up.
though with the rage. What do you think of that, Tommy? Not bad. I mean, you know, a little on the uh, garage sounding, sort of garage band sounding. I know what you're yeah. saying. Well, like I get a little, that. Like, with a metal edge, you know, cool. Yeah. Well, they, they, they like to use the the punk fun. name uh, thrown in there, and uh, okay. fun time it's called uh, "Damn by Faith," and it's a free download. So for free, you can't <laughs> complain, right? Why? Yeah. That's right. Great. Well, I think Steve Seabury is not calling in. I don't know what uh-huh. happened. He sent me an email this morning saying he remembered and he's looking forward to it. I don't know what's going on, but Christy Mage is a pretty boy flood to be calling in about ten minutes. So we still have him. Okay. So you know what it's time for, Tommy? It's time to open up the book. Well, add another name to the book. Well, let's see what happens. You know, you never know. Maybe. Nah, nah, nah. I got a guest calling in in 15 minutes. I have no time for that now. Yeah, but the guy's going to have us to to that party, man. Not anymore. Uh, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, shoot. You might have food at the party. <laughs> okay, well, we'll be there then. Because so <laughs> I was just about, to, I was just we'll about tell, to start we'll my, my quote. Uh, we'll tell them that we're Eddie Trunk and... Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Jim Florentine. The guy who does the, what do you call it, the intros for the show for me, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm having to make one up for the people that forget to call in. Oh, I just don't want to pay yeah. the money for the intro because it only happens once in a blue moon, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. But instead of like, uh, it was going to be, it was like, let the name of, and then it's going to leave a blank, and I was just say the name, like whatever band it was that week. Yeah. <laughs> be stricken from, like, you know, let, let the name of Morty to be stricken from every book and tablet, stricken from oh, all okay. pylons and obelisks. <laughs> Drinking oh, from every monument so like a, of heavy uh, metal. Let yeah, the name yeah. of <laughs> yeah, do it like in the movie. Cool. Yeah, that's what I say. But uh, let me answer the phone right now. I think we have Christy on the line right now. Okay. You have me on the phone. Hey, there Christy, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Fine. You got me. You got Tommy on the line. We're good to have you on the show, man. Right on. Thanks, sir. I know you're a former New Yorker. Where'd you come from in New York? Uh, you know, I grew up in Queens. All right. And, uh, yeah, like uh, Jackson Heights. Not bad. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I lived there for like 18 years until I moved out here when I was like 19. Wow. Oh, it's the perfect time to go to California. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the perfect time. That was like the height of the Sunset Strip, you know. Yeah. Down, like, you know, wow. But you know what? I missed I missed the New York, you know, the whole New York scene because we had – Everything from you know the punk rock and the hardcore, and we had the uh, metal, and we had everything back then, you know. And I was, yeah. you know, Lamore's Brooklyn and all that stuff. And, I mean, I missed that, you know. So, but it, yeah, it was a it crazy was nothing, back it was, in the day. It was nothing like it over here, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know it's different. But when you were back here in New York, you played in a band called Sick Bitch, didn't you? Sick Bitch, yes, Jet that Black. was my uh, first band. And then uh, we couldn't get any shows, and uh, yeah, we had to change the name to Jet Black. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, it was a different name. That was a very punk sounding band. And actually, on a lot of your solo stuff, you 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 kind of bring that punk sound back into your to your music on the solo stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was you know, I was I was always a true true kind of like punk or hardcore guy. You know, um, that's what I always loved. But you know, I, I love a wide variety you know variety of music. But when it comes down to it, you know, I'd much rather listen to punk or hardcore stuff. I, I, I always remind you of like the Dead Boys, Old Plasmatics. I always dug that stuff. Ramones. Yeah, yeah, Ramones, Plasmatics, Dead Boys. It's funny. Those, 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 those are like some of the first shows that I saw. You know, when I was yeah. uh, when I was a kid, like Dead Boys on Halloween huh? in Manhattan, uh, the Plasmatics um, in Stop. Queens, and then uh, let's see, the Ramones at my father's place. I mean, uh, that was those were the days. 
Yeah, they were. They were good times. And but we'll hopefully we'll have a lot of good times coming up. Uh, Pretty boy Floyd, you guys are supposed to go out. I think this month or next month. Uh, it got postponed the tour. Uh, you know what? We're, no, we're going to South America uh, over mm. uh, Halloween. Uh, so for three days, we're definitely down in South America. And then, um, and then the first two weeks of the tour that we were doing overseas in Europe, like uh, Sweden and the Norways and all that kind of stuff, we just postponed that and we just rescheduled that to February. So we're still going out and doing like France, Spain, Belgium, and the UK and uh, a couple festivals in November and December. Uh, who's better than you, huh? You get to travel all over the place and play music you love. Hey, you know what? I always tell people, I go, look, if you can get, if you can get, if you can get paid to play music. And you're like the luckiest guy in the world. That's all I yeah. gotta say. Sure. You can't be mad. Uh-huh. It's a great thing. And uh you guys are coming out with a with a Kiss tribute record. The Kiss of Death. Yeah. Also coming out this month? Yeah, it's coming out October twenty sixth. Uh there's there's some songs up on MySpace right now that you can kinda check out and stuff. Um oh, yeah. Cool. So uh, well we how the hell did you get Gene to uh <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, and you know what? I, I, we just put it out. If Gene wants to stop us, let him stop us. If he wants to be an ass, I don't care. You know. There you like, go. <laughs> good publicity, right? Yeah. What the hell? You, you know? I, yeah, we're putting it out. We're all fans. I mean, I love Gene. Now, you know, I got a funny story actually about Gene. You know, when we were playing at the. This is a good story though. When we were playing at the Universal Amphitheater and we were opening up for uh, Warrant. This is like back in like nineteen ninety. Um, Gene and Paul were backstage. I'm, Big, humongous fans of Kiss. Like, my first concert in Madison Square Garden, Kiss, you know? Sure. And um, so I see Paul. I'm just like, you know, me and, me and our drummer, you know, we went up to him. We're like, hey, can we get some pictures? Can we get some pictures? And he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Go up to Gene. Gene's like, no pictures. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Come on, bro. You're backstage in our room, man. Come on, man. Let's, you know, we're big fans, man. He's like, no pictures. And I'm just like, okay. So I decided to let it go for a while. And then he starts hitting on all the girls that are in the backstage area and stuff like that. And I, you know, I go, you know what? Security. I go, can somebody please escort Mr. Oh. Simmons out of my freaking dressing room? Wow. And, uh, and he goes, and he looks at me, he goes, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, please, out. I oh, go, Paul good. can stay. And I go, Paul can stay. And then Paul starts giggling. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, man. Uh, that's a classic story. That is great. <laughs> good one. God bless you, man. That's, you know, that's all those New Yorker uh, in you. That's right. No kid from California would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a New Yorker. You know what can I say? You know, it's like, it's like, why is the guy being an ass? You know, it's like, fuck. You know, it's like, come on, we love them all. Like, can I say that to me? No. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I lost all respect for Gene Simmons when I saw that sex tape. I mean, you know, he was like my idol, like as a sex god. After I saw that tape, I kind of lost it. Yeah, you know, I couldn't even watch it. So, you you, oh you beat God. me there. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, come on, Kiss. How many, how many, how many idols? How many people idolize Kiss? I mean, they were the yeah. only band that was able to do that, you know, with the makeup and the show and uh, and make it work and make it work. I mean, they were exactly know, the dolls, and have the songs. Like, there was there was so many other bands who had that, you know, even Alice Cooper, you know, obviously, but they made it work on so many levels that nobody, you know, they hit. They hit all the right cylinders, so to speak, you know. Right, and they had and they had a sound that like nobody ever duplicated. I don't think any. I don't. I don't think anybody can ever. I mean, people could say that like, oh yeah, our influences are Kiss, but you never you never hear a band. You, I mean, you haven't heard a band in the past like thirty years that you could say, wow, hey, that sounds like Kiss. Right. True. Right. True. Uh, You're right about really that. Really unique sound. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the songs on that. I've checked them out on MySpace, but I'm just saying that for other people that haven't heard it yet. And uh, What made you guys go with doing that album instead of putting out an album of new material? Because we're dying for some new Pretty Boy Floyd. It's been a long time. Oh, you know, you know we got that coming, too. You know, um, oh, great. The was, it wasn't a problem. You know, it was it was funny. You know, I was just, I, you know, I, I, bought, uh, I bought a you know whole new Pro Tools studio, and I was just, I'm messing around in there, you know, trying to figure out how to do things. And I was doing my sex, drugs, and rock and roll record and everything, you know. So when I was in the middle of when I was doing that, I, you know, just for fun, I was recording some kid songs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just trying to get sounds and playing with it and just getting used to the whole thing. And uh, I had like, you know, 20 tracks almost done. And I'm like, you know what? I go, let's fix this up and let's, let's, let's make this a record because I think, you know, kids out there and fans out there pretty big, uh, you know, a pretty by Floyd kiss take on a, on a, I mean, a pretty by Floyd take on a kiss record. So, so we did it, and uh, it actually came out cool. And we were doing that in the, in the middle of while we were doing the new album. The new album's coming out in uh, March, April. So oh, that'll um, be good. Yeah, so so we're we're, we're going to keep on pounding out records. You know, we got another record that's going to come out uh, probably next year. We probably got three records coming out within the next year. That's that's great because you know yeah. the first record came out back in the '80s. You guys broke up a couple of years after that, so. We didn't get too much going on back. You got back together a few years later, which was good. Uh, but we're dying for new music, and this is going to be great that you'll have this many offerings coming out within like a year's time. So, and anything on the solo yeah. front? Uh, yeah, putting on the solo record as well too. Yeah. Man, you're a busy guy. Uh, you know what? It's like I'm, I'm writing, you know, I'm writing songs, and you know what doesn't fit Pretty Boy Floyd are still kind of cool songs to me. And I'm just like, you know, okay, it doesn't fit Pretty Boy Floyd. Let me put them out. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and, you know go to waste, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to put them out, if people want to buy it, they want to buy it, if they don't, you know, screw them. That's the attitude, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, you can get the gig, then go for it, man. That's, That's the way yeah, you have to Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, fine, you, know, you got to get a certain mindset from when you're writing for Pretty Boy, compared to what, you know, because your music on your solo records, from Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, The Devil and Me, they've all kind of, uh, you know, they're all different sounding, you're never like, you know, resting on your laws and put out the same crap over and over again, you've always, you know, moved it along. You know, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I got to get in the mindset lyrically <laughs> for Pretty Boy Floyd because, yeah. you know, obviously uh, they have been getting, like, uh, writing, you know, more personal stuff, you know. Yeah. As I've gotten older, you know, the more personal stuff side of me is starting to come out in my music, and Pretty Boy Floyd was just, like, kind of like, you know, mindless party music, you know. Got so, it. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, I have to get a little mindset when I'm uh, writing some lyrics for Pretty Boy Floyd. But Steve always helps me out with that because, you know, he's pretty mindless, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Steve, this is something I, I didn't even remember from back in the day. You two guys had a, a, a what do you call it, a kickboxing match on the Internet. Uh, I, I, I don't remember know, I, hearing about that. Dude, like, you know, we just, we tried, you know. It's like, you know, Steve and I had gotten to, you know, pretty, uh, you know, we've gotten into some, some severe fights over the years. Uh, you know, it's like brothers, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that have known each other for so long, you know. You're gonna fight, you know. I mean, especially, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I mean, God, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I never had a brother to fight with, so I'm like, okay, you know, I got Steve now, so I'm gonna, you know, I want to fight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, you know, there was a, yeah, there was a pretty brutal fight. It was going on the internet and stuff like that. So, uh, so I contacted. This was when Metal Sludge was still kind of cool. I yeah, yeah. Metal and I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, Stevie, you know, how about we do a, uh, a kickboxing match with Steve and we videotape it and we put it on Metal Sludge. Huh? 
I, so I don't and, remember uh, that. that would, I would love to see, I hope they got a copy of that. I'd like to see that. It, it, it never happens. Steve knows Steve backed out. Oh, of it, okay. So. That's probably why, I didn't, <laughs> probably why I didn't see it. Yeah, he, I think he backed out of it because, you know, when we were recording the Leather Boys with the Toys record, uh, he had pissed me off and said some things uh, while we were recording that record, and we were in Philadelphia, and I was in the kitchen, and I started throwing steak knives at him, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, because somebody emailed me during the week and said, oh, if you have a mind, ask me about that. I said, I don't re- even remember that. But that's probably why, because it didn't take – it was probably just talk at the time, and it, it didn't happen. But I couldn't remember that. And uh, I was like, that's some funny shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, we've had, we've had some, like, classic fights. Uh, you know, unfortunately, with the Internet, you know, now it's like everybody knows your business, you know. I know. I know. Uh, it's a shame. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, you know. It's like, uh, like I know. everybody, you know. You can't escape it now, so, but um, yeah. But me and Steve have had uh, I don't know countless fights, countless countless fights over the years. But you know we're like brothers. You know we fight. Yeah. You know next month, you know we kiss and we make up and everything's all good. And you know. Well, you know it's inevitable when you play together all the time, and then you got the business aspect of it too mixed into it. There's always going to be fights and disagreements, and you know the first you're talking about the first record, almost like a half a million copies sold of that album. I mean that's got to be that's impressive. I mean you got to feel good about that. Today we're in a whole different market today. You know, unfortunately you can't base popularity or how the album did on sales anymore because people just get it for free off the internet. And so how do you go about judging like how you, how the albums are doing uh, just on the feedback alone these days? You know, I, I, I mean back I mean back then you know when that record sold that many you know sold that many records I was considered a failure. You know if you didn't ship you know gold or platinum back then you know you were pretty yeah, much a failure. Uh, you know, so it was uh, it was pretty crazy because everybody was selling like millions of copies, you know. But um, I'm, you know, uh, I don't know how to judge it. All I know is uh, the funny thing is when we go when we go overseas, um, I just see kids that are like weren't even born when our record came out. Yeah, and they're just like they're, they're, they're just discovering our music, you know, and. Uh, and you know they love uh, they're, they're finding our demos online. I mean you know, I don't know where they're buying it or I don't know where they're hearing it, but obviously you can get it you know torrent downloads and rapid share. And oh yeah. Whatever, you know. So because uh, it's it's not available, it's not it's not even in print anymore. You know. Yeah. So um, so you know I mean when we go and play Sweden and you know there's 500 kids there and they're all like 20 20 years and younger, I'm just like going wow hey this is this is pretty cool it's working. And same thing down in South America, Australia, Japan. The only place that is not picking up on like the, the, like a new generation of kids uh, discovering the music is the U.S. It's true. I mean, it, it, the stuff from the 80s, the 70s, it's coming back. Can't people are finding it? But over in Europe, especially like in South America, they're like they're going crazy. I mean, like they've kept it alive. They still love it, and they, it's almost like something you pass down like from generation to generation to them, and they. The kids and it goes on and on. So it's got to be great going there and playing in front of these places because you got to really, you know, really perform in front of people that are dying to hear you play. Yeah, you know, it really, it, it, you know, it, it really is amazing. I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful that there's still fans out there, and you know, um, but you know, it, the thing that sucks about it is like you go and play these places, and you come to the United States, and then you come and play some shows in the U.S., and you just go, God, why, why the fuck are we doing this, man? We should. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> Why bother playing the United States anymore? You know, 
we're not Nickelback, you know, we're not Molly Crew, we're not this, we're not that, you know, it's just like, and we're playing some small little club with like, you know, you know, 100 people who don't give a shit. Yeah, it, it, it's true, it's a, it's a shame, it really is, because you break, you break your ass to, you know, to, to write this music, to play, to, you know, to put it out for us, and people here just don't support it anymore, and that's the crying shame, but thank God we still have these other countries that take our music in and, and, and give us what we need, and you can still get out there and play. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I you know what? You got to do something about freaking VH1 and MTV and the radio stations. I mean, it's just uh, I, I can't stand it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like um, the early '80s before Mel was coming out. You know, when it was just like all new wave bands and yeah. that was all like put out one hit. Yeah. And like you could never, you could never even name a band member from right. any of those bands. Yeah. You know. I don't even remember uh, the names of the bands, just the songs. Right, maybe just the song. That's what, yeah. that's what music is like today. It's not like yeah. it's, it's, it's not like you know. Um, I, I can't name a, I can't name I can't name a member of I don't know Coldplay. I, I right, don't know. exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't know anybody in Coldplay. I don't know anybody in. Uh, and that's how the market gears it. They gear it for that ninety-nine cent download, and that's all they care about. They yeah. don't sure. care about. Yeah. They don't care about um, you know making making the artist. What a what are there any record companies that you're looking to? Um, have you been shopping around, or vice versa? Have no, you been you shopping know, yourself we, too? No, you know we're, we're putting it ourselves. And, yeah, that's you know, cool. We're funding, yeah, we're funding it ourselves. We're making. Uh, we're going to be making music videos. Uh, I got a cool friend of mine who makes music videos, and um, he shoots them for us for you know pretty dirt cheap. So I'm just funding everything ourselves. So you know there's going to be some yeah. music videos coming out next year. You know I'll stick them on YouTube because somebody else is going to play them. So yeah. we'll stick them up on YouTube, and, uh, you know, we're going to be like our own little record label, you know? You know, I kind of got a, uni- a unique idea. You said that, like, all these uh, sites put up your stuff, and uh, the stuff is out of print. Why can't you just take it, bring it to, like, a decent studio, fix it up, burn it, and sell them at your shows for five bucks? You know, there's a uh, – I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, – there's a 25-year law. If, they, if, if, a, if a record label stops um, selling your, uh, well, it was a copyright law when they put like in, you know, they put in perpetuity in your contracts, uh-huh. and um, you know, in perpetuity means forever. But right. if you notify, if you notify, if a record label stops and abandons your record and doesn't put it out and it's not available to the public and they stop pressing it, after 20 years, you can notify them that you intend to get your uh, rights back. Ah, oh, okay. And if they don't respond, then they it, it's, it's yours. But after 25 years, if they don't release it, then they have to give it back to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, some people are smart, like Nicky Six. You know, he went in there and he went and got back all his masters. Yeah. That's the way you got to do it if you can. You know, it's the right. You know, they could do it on your own. Because today with the internet, I mean, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. It kind of kills music in a way because you get it for free, but it also gives you and every other band not the opportunity at least. Set up your own website and and put everything out, sell it on your own. Where you can kind of, you know, it's like almost like the old days. You know, you had to do everything on your own back then to get get noticed, and it's going back to that today. Yeah, you know, actually, I, you know, I, I I know a lot of people complain about it. I I actually don't complain about it. Um, you know, if I'm not making money from it, it's it's okay. You know, look, I'm I'm you know, it would be nice to make money playing music, obviously. But uh, people are hearing the music and um, they're getting you know they're coming to the shows. Coming to the shows, maybe but, buying a t-shirt. Right, you know, uh, you know, coming to the shows, buying a T-shirt, whatever it might be, you know, if, if, if they're just there, you know, that's more important than anything else, you know. If, if I feel like, you know, uh, it's like back in the old days, you know, in the 70s, 
you know, uh, you'd buy a record and then people would just, you know, make a cassette of it and hand it to their friends and it's the same thing, you know. True, you, you, true. Can, you can never get around it, you know. So, and, uh, and none of those bands used to get played on MTV. There was no MTV. There was nobody playing them on radio. I mean, Kiss. I mean, come on. Kiss never even got played on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You know, and they said they sold how many millions of records? All their records were going gold and platinum. I mean, they never got played on the radio. I mean, I was look at Iron Maiden. Look at Iron Maiden. Absolutely Iron Maiden, no airplay. Yeah. Absolutely no airplay. Our music yeah, never yeah. gets the respect. You know, rock and metal never got the respect it deserved. And uh, it's funny because last week I had Steve Gaines on. Uh, he was a singer for Avatar and Anger Resort and a lot of other bands. Oh. And he was saying that he read a, an interview somewhere where he saying the most loyal fans in music, like country music fans, where it was like 33% of the audience always will support that genre, and heavy metal and hard rock was the next, like 32%. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I niche music is, uh, I, I call it niche music, you know? Yeah. Whether, it be, yeah. whether it be punk rock, whether it be heavy metal, whether it be gothic or whatever it might be, um, yeah, people people go out there and they support that music, you know? Those, those, those fans will never die. It's the bands like... Uh, the bands who have the one-hit wonders, like, you know, like, uh, I, look, I like all the guys in Lit. They're all nice guys and everything. I'm from Southern California, you know, so they're all nice. But, you know, they had, like, a humongous radio hit, humongous, yeah, yeah. Like, millions of records, right? It was, yeah. it, was like the pipe. it was, like, in every movie. It was everywhere. You know, a couple of years ago, they played the uh, the House of Blues. There was, like, 200 people there. Wow. I'm just, like, going, okay, look, radio's gone. As soon as your radio's gone, your fan base is gone. See, and that's the problem. It's just like a lot of these bands never established the grassroots underground following. Yeah. But they just went out there and they toured and they toured and they played dive bars over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I mean, I could, I, one thing that I'm thankful about Free Breath Floyd is that we did that. We did that. Yeah, when we first came out, that's, 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 all, that's all we did. We just, we toured and we toured and we toured and we toured and we played every... Shithole. Uh, I mean, I remember we played a Benny Hanna freaking restaurant two nights in a row. Uh, <laughs> were they flipping the shrimp up on stage at you when you were playing? <laughs> oh, dude, it was so crazy. Was, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like literally we're we're in a corner. There's a bar, and then the Benny Hanna restaurants to the right, and they're like chopping up the food and cooking it and stuff while we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, forget you. And like there, was like, there was like three people in the audience. It was kind of funny too because they had chicken wire in front of the stage, and I'm like, "What's this for?" And they're like, "Oh, sometimes the crowd gets a little crazy and they throw stuff, you know." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, great, cool." <laughs> oh man, but you know, you you went out back then and you made your bones. You played everywhere you could play. You did what you can do, and in the end, everybody got shot by the record companies because they never supported you. They never, you know, they they never got behind the bands. They signed them and they threw you to the wolves. They never supported you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a tough time, you know, because we came in that tail end of the, that whole music scene when it was, like, you know, happening. I mean, like, 1984, when the first wave came. Yeah. You know, with the Rats and the Molly Crews and the, the Quiet Riot and the Great Whites and all that stuff. And then, you know, there was that second wave, which it was, like, you know, the Warrants and the Poisons and everything. And, you know, we were on that tail end of that. You know, and by the time we came out, that the whole scene was just so saturated. Yeah, well, and then grunge came in and put the final nail in the coffin for a few years there too. I mean, that, that you know, it was a rough time. The late '80s, early '90s, started going, going south. But you know, you guys have endured uh, between Pretty Boy Floyd and yourself and your solo work. You've kept it going, so that's a good thing. And we've got a lot of good music out of you over the years. So, you know, you, you, you can't beat that. And but then you also played with Stephen Adler for a while. Were you and Adler's appetite with him, or just helping him out? 
you know, I was doing that for a little while. You know, uh, I, you know, one I was trying to, uh, you know, get Steven sober. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, it's like you know, I own, I own a talent agency. You know, and I represent like you know over sixty bands. You know, I've been doing that for like thirteen years. You know, and um, you know, like Misfits are you know are one of my clients. I mean, I, I do a lot of death metal, I do a lot of a lot of eighties uh, rock bands and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so Steven was one of my clients. And I really wanted to help him get uh, sober because the tours that we had booked from before, he was going over to Europe and, like, you know, abandoning his band and, you know, playing with, you know, guys he could find just at a club somewhere, you know, and smoking crack. And uh, it was just it was just crazy. And I just thought the guy was going to die. So I thought I was like, you know what, I'm going to go on the road with you and I'm going to help you. And I did it for free, you know. And I, I was just trying to help the guy out, you know. And, uh and then we got him on the, uh, then we got him on Dr. Drew's uh, Celebrity Rehab. And everything yeah. Like that. Um, we got him on that and everything. So um seems like he's doing well. And I wish him nothing but, uh, you know, good, good, you know, good things for him. You know, he's, he, he's a good heart. And uh, if he uh, saves off the drugs, uh, that'll be a good thing. Uh, God bless you, Chris. Yeah, he's uh, he's been uh, he's been pretty active lately. He's been doing a lot of shows. He's all over the place. So that's, you know, I guess keeping busy is also a good thing too. Yeah, you know, that's uh, when Stephen has an idle time. That's 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 you know his downfall right there. You know. Yeah, you got to keep hands. going. Yeah. yeah, if he's if he's not busy, if he's not like doing something, that's when he starts. You know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's usually what happens. <laughs> he's been trying to talk to uh, Axel for the uh, for all the uh, fan sites. You know, trying to get him on board, you know, to a actual reunion. You know what? You know what? That'll never happen. And the funny yeah. thing is, like, if they, and if they ever did a reunion, uh, Soren would be doing it, not Steven. That's the funny thing about Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. That's, what, that's what would happen because uh, they just have, you know, uh, even though Slash is really supportive of Steven, it's always tough. Yeah. Uh, and so is Izzy. Uh, in fact, in fact, when we, when I was playing with Stephen, we did like a 20-year reunion show of Appetite for Destruction in Los Angeles at the T-Club, and um, Izzy played almost the whole set with us, Wow! and then um, Slash and Duff came up on the stage, and that was like the first time all four of them on the same stage in like, you know, like the longest time forever. Okay. Now, of course, Axel didn't show up, but, <laughs> but it was pretty cool, because they came to rehearsal, and... Um, they were like, so what songs? And it was kind of funny. We had, we had to like kind of teach Duff and Slash the songs. Wow. <laughs> they forgot them. They, yeah, they forgot. Yeah, they've been doing their own things. So, you know, yeah, they've been doing their, their own things and playing some, you know, this stuff doing Loaded and you know he was doing Double Revolver and Slash, you know, so many different things. And they were just like, what's that chord change there again? And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, here it is. I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, hey, look, you know, I know, I know how it is, man. You know, it's cool. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty funny. You forget a lot of that stuff. Uh, I tell you, I'm looking yeah. forward to the Kiss album that's coming out soon. And you also did a Ramones one a few years back. Uh, you, God, you know, I wish that one never came out, you know. That really? So yeah. Yeah. I love the Ramones. I just, I, you know, that record just didn't do them justice, you know. I mean, I... I was just learning how to, like, you know, record with a little 8-track, that new 8-track that I had just gotten, you know, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. I'm, like, programming this drum machine. I'm, like, you know, recording stuff, guitars, and just, just like, you know, killing time. 
And some guy comes along and goes, uh, hey, uh, I'll give you some money to put those on. I'm like, okay. You know, by th- at that time, I wasn't even playing music. I wasn't doing pretty well. So I wasn't doing anything. I'm like, okay, what the hell? You're going to give me some money to put out these little crappy track demos? Here you go. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then when I listened to them years later, I was like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? And then I went and got a whole Pro Tools rig and studio, and I just, like, just locked myself in there until I figured out how to do it. And then... Finally, I, you know, I put out that sex drugs and rock and roll work, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's how we do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's a learning, cur- learning curve, you know. It was a real learning curve, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I never really sat down, and I never really took time to, you know, learn how to record or anything like that. I'm not like one of these, like, uh, musical geniuses, you know? It's like i gotta, I got to work hard at it, you know? <laughs> well, I tell you, the sex drugs and rock and roll record from back in 2007, I think, was one of your best albums. I mean, what, what such a killer album. I love that punk vibe that you got throughout the entire record. It sounds so great. And are we going to expect something in that same vein on your new one, or are you feeling differently these days? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's definitely got, like, a, a same vibe to it. Cool. It's definitely got, like, a, you know, a good, like, little kind of, like, a punk um, influence to it and just, you know, real lyrics and definitely got the whole little vibe to it and stuff. And, you know, even the you know, the new Pretty Boy Floyd record, I think people are going to be a little bit blown away by it because it's, uh, it's got that, like, kind of, like, real... Super, you know, I mean, we're not changing our sound or anything like that. We're just, we're, we're making it, you know, times ten, you know. So it's like all my guitar solos are on there. I'm doing the, like kind of like Iron Maiden guitar solos, like new guitar solos and stuff and everything. And harmony. Uh, yeah, I'm doing like all crazy stuff like that on it. And uh, there's a ton of double bass all over it, but it's still super pop songs. But uh, like the whole record sounds like Leather Boys with Electric Toys. It just sounds like that song, you know, just like made like 15 times over, you know. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Chris, when you joined Pretty Boy Floyd back in the day, I know you came in a little later, was Kerry Dahl still involved with the Bings, or was it a, a pre-Pretty pre, Boy Floyd band he was with? You know, um, there's, there's, there's so many crazy things that uh, I don't know, that have transpired in the whole thing, but um yeah, there was uh, uh, there was a, uh, a Carrie doll um, that had um, two songs. You know, it was uh, Leather Boy with Electric Toys and Wild Angels for the two songs um, that they were playing at that time and stuff. You know, so um, when we had when we had formed, you know, there were some members from Carrie Doll had switched over to Pretty Boy Floyd, and then um, you know, we decided to play those two songs. Oh, okay. Because we thought they were, you know, we thought they were great songs, you know. Yeah, well, he had that EP out, Carrie Doll, back in the picture disc, and uh, he he disappeared after that. <laughs> I don't know if he's still around or not, but uh, you know, I I think he disappeared. I I, I think he I think he was trying to make a comeback or something like that. I read on uh, MySpace, but nobody even goes to freaking MySpace anymore, so I don't even know. Yeah, it's it's starting to die out over there. Everybody's jumping over to Facebook right now for a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I think he's, he's got to be like I think he's got to be about like five years old now. <laughs> Probably right. You know, you're involved in everything. You also got a clothing line, don't you? Yeah, I started like a little, a little clothing line. You know, it's uh, sex drugs and rock and roll. You know, I just took that logo and it was kind of funny. And nobody had ever made a uh, sex drugs and rock and roll T-shirt before. The oldest cliche in the world, right? Nobody has <laughs> never, nobody even made a freaking T-shirt like that. You know, so yeah. uh, it was pretty funny. I just started getting all these crazy orders. So I was like, okay, you know, I started making hoodies. I started doing this. Next thing I know, I'm like. I'm in tattoo shops, I'm in clothing stores here on Melrose, I'm getting orders from Sweden and Norway and Germany, 
um, for stores, putting it in stores. So uh, I just started a whole little machine. I just started making more stuff like that. And uh, now I'm in like about 54 stores now. And uh, it's good. It's, and then like when we played like uh, Rockahoma uh, a few years ago, uh, I brought like um, I think like 400 tank tops with me. And um, uh, they all sold out like the first day. Hey, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Crazy. It's just crazy. Like, no one ever made a sex drugs and rock and roll shirt. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's all this cliche in the world. And I know. You would so. think so, but not. That's like uh, the story with Gene Simmons that Ronnie Deal told one time that he copyrighted the words OJ because nobody ever copyrighted it. Everybody, the orange juice was copyrighted, but he found out nobody copyrighted OJ. So he, <laughs> took, he copyrighted the two initials. Really? Yeah, that's the story that he told. Whether he was goofing around or not, I don't know. It's one of those like, heavy metal documentaries that he was on. And he tells the story, and everybody's laughing. So you don't know if he's being serious or he's like goofing on Gene. But, you know, with Gene Simmons, you got to believe something like that. Uh, you know, uh, Gene, you know, that's all he sits, about, sits around and thinks about making money, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a funny character, that guy. There's another, there's another good story, too, you know, uh, when uh, <laughs> another Gene Simmons story. <laughs> I just love Gene. I love I love the Chia Pet Head, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when you when you see him on that television show, yeah, uh, you just you just gotta go. God, come on! I used to I used to like this guy, you know. Oh my like, God, it's just so funny. It's like you it see is. him on that show. He's he's got like the Chia Pet Head, and, yeah. You know, it's like he's yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but um. <laughs> There was one night when uh, uh, Steel Panther, when they were still called Metal School, when they first started out like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. They're playing over at the, uh, the Viper Room uh, here. And, um, you know, uh, they will always have like a guest that would come up on stage or play before them. And uh, anyway, so Paul's family was doing it this one night. So I went down there, and uh, they finished, and they were outside the uh, liquor store, him and Gene, and they were uh, talking. And this guy comes out, and he was going into the liquor store to go buy a pack of cigarettes. And he had a whole bunch of piercings in his face. You know, he had, like, piercings in his lips and his nose. He had, like, his eyebrows. Just piercings all over his face. And uh, Gene said to him, he goes, why do you do that to your face? And the guy, the guy was, like, kind of like a big guy. And the guy goes, goes, why do you dance around and put on freaking clown makeup? (laughs) And... Paul just started fucking laughing his ass off and cracking up. Uh, you know, I don't know if those, I don't know if they like each other. I don't know if they don't like each other. I don't know what it is. But they got a lovely just, relationship. Yeah, it yeah. seems like Paul laughs whenever somebody like uh, rips on Gene. You know. I guess he feels it's easier for someone else to do it, so he doesn't have to get into it with them, so he can just sit back and enjoy it. You know. You know. I wouldn't be. I won't, I won't be surprised if like Paul called Doc and said, "Hey, you know what? Get Gene a freaking reality show." This way, I don't have to freaking see him anymore or talk to him as much. He's busy busy for me. (laughs) (laughs) I won't be surprised at that. Gene is like the uncle when you were a kid. You had an uncle when you were a kid you thought was real cool, and now you look back and you go, wow, he wasn't so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Especially when you buy, did you guys see the roast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gene Simmons roast? Yeah. That was that was really good. Oh my god, people were ripping on him. That was that was that was really funny. There's that one comedian who does him really good too. He does like a really excellent impression. Craig Gas. Do, you know do you know who that guy is? I don't know. I think it's Craig Gas. Is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. 
He's really good at those uh, those impressions, but yeah. yeah when that's the great. kid's coffin came out, I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Who I can wants understand lunchbox. I can understand t-shirts. I can understand a belt buckle, but kiss condoms, kiss uh, oh condoms, yeah, kiss condoms. Who's gonna trust a fucking kiss condom? You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. But yeah, I ain't gonna trust this kiss condom. You know. This, Oh, men and, oh, I don't know, break out with better, herpes or something like that. You, you know? better double but, up on that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, the kiss condom, the dogs. I mean, uh, come on, what else? What, what else was there? Kiss, oh, um, kiss, kiss candy bars. It was everything. I mean, it's just, it's like someone just smacked you in the head. I'm surprised like, it hasn't started leasing out uh, Sharon Tweet for the night to people. I, you know oh. what? <laughs> it would have made a, a couple of bucks in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> it would have made a few bucks. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't know about, I don't know about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, back in the early days, yeah, that would have been, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get her and her, you get her, and her sister. You used to do the Playboy uh, yeah. uh, photo spreads. Yeah, I'm surprised Gene isn't doing that now, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised he's not running some sort of like a prostitute service in LA. <laughs> you never know. It might be under a different name. Maybe he's using his uh, Israelite name. You never know. <laughs> yeah, Machayim or something. Maybe it's under that name. You never know. Machayim Klein or something. He was born in Queens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, right? Well, actually, he was born in Israel, but he grew up in Queens. Yeah. Yeah, he grew up in Queens. Sorry, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Paul from yeah. Queens and Ace was from the Bronx and. Peter uh, was from Brooklyn. Red, Red Hook, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah right Ace, I, love, I love the new Ace records. Oh, yeah, right? He did, a, he did a bang-up job. Yeah, Anomaly was a good one. He came back he, strong with He that. didn't try to uh, reinvent anything. He just uh, went back. He listened to his uh, the first solo album from what he says, and he just got into the mindset. And he, wrote, he really wrote a really good album, performance-wise. Even his solo, the tours he did for it, you know, he did a lot, a lot around New York. We checked it out. <clears throat> really, really good. I'm glad for him, you know. Yeah, me too. I, I saw him. Uh, he played with uh, here uh, with uh, Alice Cooper. And, oh, okay. Um, they did that jam, right? Yeah. Some kind of. Uh, it was uh, Mike. Was it is some sort of? Uh, Which one? I think it was it. Some kind of benefit, no? I forgot what that was. Do you remember? Uh, I I, can't, I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember. I know he played the other night at the Garden East for real. He did a uh, yeah. He did the he opened for the uh, <laughs> for the New York Rangers. Yeah, for the Rangers. He, he did, did a, like a, a New song. York Groove thing. Yeah. Oh, really? New York Groove? Yeah, it yeah. didn't work out too well. He came out with a guitar. They played a backing track, and he sang and and did like a little riffing over it. But I don't think he can hear himself. You know, it didn't it didn't come out too too well. <laughs> but it was um, pretty well, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's hard when you're playing those like ten thousand theaters and oh sure, and sure. And yeah, like a long toe, yeah, like a New York Rangers guitar, which was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, 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 I love Ace. I mean, Ace is like one of my favorite guitar players. You know, I mean, Ace, Johnny Thunders, Johnny Ramone, those are like like my favorite guitar players of all time. Definitely the Roots, and uh, yeah. They said so much in so you know in so short period of time. You know they need to you know set, have a million notes. You know just one just one band. You know just even like Keith Richards. You know like Keith Richards had that sort of that same thing. You know just that 
that funkiness to them, you know? I just like that, you know, I, I've always loved, like, real sloppy um, players. Uh, there's just something about it that just... <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe because I'm such a sloppy player that I just, when I listen I to it, I go. It's like the coolness factor, you know? Like, they could be so cool and, you know, smoke a cigarette or whatever or, you know, <laughs> strike a pose. Yeah. Still, still, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. But, I mean, the back. there's just something about sloppy guitar players that, like, were great. I mean, Jimmy Page, I mean, like, one of oh, the sure, sloppiest right? guitar players of all time, but... Amazing. Definitely innovative. Definitely. It's like an art. It's like an art, art, an art to the sloth. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. It's just it's all feel and groove. It's not you know it's all precise and that's what rock and roll is supposed to be. That's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I would like because I, I mean I I never I never practice my guitar in here you know it's like a, I mean you got to like literally uh, you know beat me over the head with a baseball bat for me to pick up my guitar. <laughs> I mean, I must be I must much rather be watching, uh, uh, you know, football or uh, the Yankee game or something like that, you know. Hey, yeah, uh, hey, yeah. I know. Yeah, are you guys Yankee fans? No, I'm a Met fan. You're a Met fan. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Met fan myself too. Yeah, Mets and Rangers. Both you guys are Met fans. Okay, so you're hating the hating on the Yankees. No, no, no yeah. it's New York. You know, when you're New York, you're New we York. Support you know. them. I know, but you know, it's like it's it's like a given. Like every year, the freaking Yankees are in well, the freaking yeah, playoffs. You know, it's the jealousy factor of definitely. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. I What's the like one thing money. you miss the most from New York, Christy? What's the one thing you just you don't get out there? Pizza, the Yankees. <laughs> I miss I miss New York people. Yeah. Uh, I miss New York people, man. That's what you know. The the people from New York City, you know, the realness. Um, I, I miss that so much. Uh, out here, uh, I really uh, it's a love hate relationship. Love the weather, can't stand yeah. the people. Yeah. yeah, the people out here tell you exactly what they want to say. Nobody beats around the bush over here. <laughs> they yeah. just come right out and tell you. That's exactly what it is, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, it was the greatest thing in the world. I mean, when I first moved out here, I was just like, uh, I, I, just, it, it took me so long to really fit in with people, you know, and, uh, and uh, to this day, I still have a hard time fitting in with the people. And yeah. it's like, it's almost to the point where I can't even go out. Well, that's not good. Come back home, that's all. You, you know what? I want it, you know. My whole family moved away from there, and, you know, they're all, like, retired and scattered all over the country. Yeah, it um, happens. We're all getting older. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, you know, New York's not the same anymore, you know. It's like, there's hardly any more clubs now. I mean, where did the clubs go? There's, yeah. I, we were talking about that before. Thing. You got these, like, bars now, like, especially in Manhattan. And, like, the convert in the basements is, like, these small clubs for bands to play. And that's, like, really all there is. There's no more, like, Lamar's. CBGB's has been gone for years. Mm-hmm. Everything else is gone. The Pyramid Club. I think the Pyramid Club might still be there. But uh, everything else is gone. There's there's nothing left anymore. There's a few theaters that, uh, you know, like the Nokia Theater is now, like, the yeah, best the buy Nokia theater. theater. Yeah, you got the Roseland, right? You know, yeah, you got Rose the bigger, still pretty cool. You got the bigger places, but you don't got the small. You know, you don't got the cool small venue anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, no, you got more everybody in there. CBGBs, they're all gone. Yeah, they're all gone, and it, and there's no there's no place even cool to play out in the island. I mean, you got the Donkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. about it. There's a yeah, decent there's no place out clubs, in Jersey yeah. called the Starland Starland Ballroom. Yeah, yeah, in Jersey, right? You got the Starland Ballroom, yeah. Pretty decent place. Yeah, it would be nice to get a place right here in Brooklyn or Staten Island because, uh, 
I think people would would definitely be into it. It's just a they matter would, of uh, yeah. finding the right place, parking, uh, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, George, uh, George, uh, George Fronte, he, he was doing uh, he was doing Lemoore's again over in Staten Island, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right near my house. I live out of Staten Island. It's right. He was a few blocks away. He had to go. He, had, he did like an 80s reunion weekend a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Excita came in and Raven. Like a lot of the bands I played in the club back in the 80s, they mm-hmm. all came in. They jammed a couple of songs and Anvil. it just like took off. So we started doing the the rock and the metal again. And it was and it was you know it was doing pretty good. Then he got some guys from another like a local band here in New York. Um, can't remember the name of the band and start booking the shows. And he was just booking his band and the same two cover bands over and over again. And people just started just stuff showing up and the place shut down now. Yeah. Every week it was the same three bands. Saturday night, Sunday night, Friday night. And, and people just like, you know, you have all these great bands, young bands that you can put on the bill to give a shot. Some of the older bands that are coming through town and he just wasn't doing it. He just wasn't booking them. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, that was... The it was a uh, you know in New York City you know especially on the island and Queens I mean there used to be a big support of uh, of local bands you know sure. I mean you know uh, I mean WBAV and Fingers Metal Shop used to support so many local bands so you have Lamore's um, East was Lamore's West uh, East, you know yeah, right. Brooklyn Far East out out in Suffolk County I mean it was just hopping man there was just like so many places to play but, yeah there's um, so many places play and there was a big support there uh and a good little scene uh, a tight little scene uh here you know there um it was great you know i mean uh, uh over here it was just you know i mean obviously it's dead over here now too really i mean i, I yeah it's kind of funny the two big the two biggest uh you know two biggest you know states for music you think uh, at one point uh literally have no places to play anymore yeah you know? what a shame los angeles los angeles is like no place to play anymore here. Well, everything you know, I mean, everything's pop now, you know. Uh, Lady Gaga and uh, Kanye West, and you know. <laughs> and I guess these two, the two of the biggest cities, that's where uh, they get promoted and they get pushed on the radio, and and rock just gets pushed aside, you know. Yeah, I know. Oh. It, was, it was funny. I was doing uh, I was doing an interview uh, some for uh, an online magazine. I guess they were doing something about. Kevin Dubrow's, uh, you know, anniversary of his death or something like that, you wow. know. Yeah. And uh, somebody was asking me, like, the first time that I ever heard, um, first, well, the first time I ever heard of Quiet Riot. I was driving on the Long Island Express. I think I was 16, 16, I think I just turned 16. Driving on the Long Island Expressway in a Trans Am, you know, and I get the radio cranked, and all of a sudden, Mena Hall comes on, and it's like, bah, bah, bah. I think that was, like, probably, like, the first metal song that, I think New York City was playing. Yeah, come on, feel the noise, probably. Yeah, or mental health. Yeah. yeah. Mental health, yeah. Mental health, you know? Because yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, it, it, like, it blew me away because it was like uh, radio was not playing anything else, anything like that or remotely like that. No, I mean, no. this was before, you know, this was before Motley Crue and Great White and Rat yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, I think I think Quiet Riot was the first band that New York City was playing. Um, like that, and then then they started playing like Great White Stick it, and then they started playing some Motley Crue and some Rat Round and Round and Twisted Sister, and it was kind of funny though. But um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. It was it was it was a good memory. I was like sitting there going, I was like, wow, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, that was a day. I mean, I've never been at the Quiet Ride when Randy Rhodes was in the band. I had picked up the they had the two hours of Japanese imports at Tower Records in the city or Bleaker Bob's, one of those places yeah. I picked them up as a kid. 
And I remember when, uh, you know, Randy joined Ozzy, and they got back together again, you know, with Carlos and Frankie Benalli and uh, Rudy. Mm-hmm. I remember they played at Lemoore's in, uh, I think it was like 1982 or 1983. Uh, we got there like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We were like kids, like the first show we ever went to on our own. And I remember they came out of the, they pulled up in a limbo to go do a sound check. We were like thrilled to meet them. And they, they signed all the grass us. I remember Kevin DeBrogue came out of the car, a girl on each arm, looked at a signed autograph, threw the paper on the floor, and walked into the club. <laughs> I was like, what a douche. <laughs> Didn't you tell Frankie that story? I told Frankie that story, yeah. Yeah. We had Frank, uh, Mike had Frankie on the show about uh, about a month ago. Yeah. <clears throat> I told him he was laughing. But he, you know, I told Rudy that. I had Rudy on that. I told Rudy, and Rudy remembered. You know, uh, he's got some mind, that guy. He remembers these things. Yeah, Rudy. So, really? Yeah. He remembers that. Yeah, yeah he remembered that, yeah. I think they were upset because, like, he kind of blew us off. There was, like, only three of us out there at that time. It was the middle of the afternoon. You know, it said doors open at 6 o'clock because we got there at 3, thinking that's when <laughs> we were going to get into the place. And I realized <laughs> we were coming on at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> you know, that place you can go, like, for the sound check and meet everybody and hang out, you know, until yeah. 3, 4 o'clock. You go home, you eat dinner, you know, you take a shower, whatever. You get there, and all of a sudden there's a fucking line. You're like, damn, I was just here fucking three hours ago. I yeah. could have been on the front of the line. <laughs> yeah, that was a great place. Good times in there. You know, hopefully we can get back to some of that again. But yeah, the first more time. I, I, before I let you go, i got to thank you. we only got like five minutes left in the show, and I want to get some of your sure. music on. But oh, I, okay. I can't thank you enough for calling up and hanging out with us today. I had a really good time talking to you. Hey, yeah, thanks. Oh, oh, always, always good talking to New Yorkers, bro. Anytime, <laughs> Any bands you got that you want to promote that you work with, just send them our way. We'll get them on for you. Right on. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you All very right, much, Christy. Chris, I thanks. appreciate it. I, 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 have a good one. All the best, man. All the best of luck. You too. Thanks, bro. Very nice. All right, I want to thank Christy Majors from Pretty Boy Floyd for calling in. How about we do something off his solo record? Uh, okay, cool. I'm going to get to hear that. This was, uh, let me see. We'll do the last one he was talking about, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Let me just lower this because this is a newer record, so I know they play louder, so... How about the Wasted in America? All right, sounds good. Not bad, right? America, you're wasted in America. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.